<laughs> I like that the, for that one you just went clap. Clap. Record. Yeah, I just started recording now, so it's it's just gonna start with me laughing, laughing at you just saying clap. Record. Automatopoeia. Yes. Uh, hey everybody! Hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a new episode of the podcast where we ask the question. Oh. Hmm. Remember the odds? Courtney, do you know what time it is? Is that? Is that a lead into a joke? No, it's it's. Do you know what it's season? Like what time do you know what? Is. What season we're in? Oh, oh, fair enough, fair enough. You know what? I do have a beverage <laughs> that is apropos to this season as we speak. We're in it. We're in it, boys. Well, I've been in it for a while, but it's official. Oh. Boys, girls, sea monsters, gather round, because it is time for us to do. Tom's favorite season. It's the best season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The greatest season of all. The thing I live for. The thing that my apartment looks like every day. <laughs> These orange lights don't come down. 30-year-old <laughs> with Halloween lights up. Whatever. It's fine. I'm adjusted. It's okay. But yes, this is... This is our eerie solstice season, the spooktacular savings, the Halloween month. Spooky, scary skeletons and shivers down your spine. Oh yes, that's what it was. We were going to use words other than spooky season. I was like, I feel like I'm missing a bit here. Yeah, no, it's okay. And it's because I got less, I got such a few hours of sleep last night. And I'm like, I feel like I'm supposed to be leading into something and I can't figure out what it is. Don't worry, you're good. I'm the one that's, I'm taking it off the rails. It's all my doing. Like a train, would you say? Like a train coming off the rails. Like a train. Doesn't he have like an accordion or something? He has an accordion. He does. Okay, okay, okay. He also has like weird Frankenstein-like makeup. Yes. Even though he's... It doesn't play into the story at all. Right. Right. Well, that's also me going off the rails and jumping ahead a little bit to what we're talking about today. It all fits. That We're off the rails. This is officially the Off the Rails podcast. That's right. That's right. We're just going to go all in with it. Just go ham on being sloppy motherfuckers. Yes. Ah. Uh. <laughs> I was going to say with that, yes, we are officially in the Halloween season. The next month will be episodes pertaining to very specific Halloween themes and the odds. Mm -hmm. Last year was pretty fun. We did some cool shit and now we're doing it again, but a little different. A little different. Less blood. Yeah, not not as many movies. Right. Yeah. And I'm kind of excited for this because I feel like the odds Halloween experience is... More about, you know, ABC Family having their, like, 31 Nights of Halloween movies. Like, that experience. It's more about, like, the culture around it than just, like, a movie here or there. No, yeah, and it's... I I wanted to kind of capture and recreate the feeling of being, like, a youth or a teenager, and you're, like, 
like network shows or cable shows having like mm -hmm. their whole programming theme to Halloween, like having new episodes of Halloween or re-airing old Halloween episodes of cartoons or TV shows or even broadcasting certain movies on mm -hmm. television. Mm-hmm. And like the whole aesthetic and theme, because this was like the internet wasn't as big of a thing now. Like I guess Halloween specials are still a thing, but I think it's so much more that our main source of entertainment was still television. So it like yeah. felt more seasonally appropriate as the sea as the networks and the programming changed to the season itself, and I always kind of loved that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like I've talked to somebody about this once. Um, I think when my nephew was really, really young. And we were talking about like not giving him a lot of screen time. And somebody was like, well, I watch TV all the time as a kid and I turned out just fine. And I like having taken a psychology and children's television course was like, yeah, but TV is different now with television because you've most likely seen those things over and over and over again, and you have no control over the programming. There is a detachment to what you are seeing. There's just a feeling of like, you can get up and leave whenever you feel like it, or there will be commercials. Maybe occasionally, maybe you'd watch like a new episode or a new original movie on a TV channel that you're excited about. So you're glued to the TV for that. But then that feels like an event. Now, everything that we put on to watch is intentional. We are going to the streaming site, we are clicking on the thing, we are sitting down and watching it. It's not so as it's much, yeah. The um, television was much more of a passive viewing. Yes. You would follow, you would join in, and that's kind of where like the, you know, the water cooler talk kind of mentality came from. Like everybody tuned into the same programming and would talk about it at work the next day. Whereas now it's like mm -hmm. you have so much variety and selection. It's much more interactive and intentional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's more time for us to be critical because we can like go back and watch it at our leisure, you know, not where it's like, okay, it's on now. And then well, who knows when it'll be on again. Maybe next year for next Halloween, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's kind of why I love watching Bravo TV, because, like, it's something I can have on in the background and enjoy passively. But also, like, it's just great background noise for getting work done. I can get that. Yeah. Yeah, but now our season has begun. And mm -hmm, our first mm -hmm. episode, this one was a fun one. This one I was very excited about. Today we're Me gonna too. Yeah. Today we're gonna talk about some of the best creepy episodes of Hey Arnold. Football head. Hey Arnold. Because there's a lot. Yeah. We should get into like how this sort of organically happened. Because it's like a very specific thing. And it was yeah. a very specific conversation that we had that led to this theme. Yeah, please do. How did it start? Yeah, so, I think I texted you, or how did it start? Yeah, so you texted me, and you were trying to come up with some, like, really just, like, natural storytelling, like, themed episodes for our Halloween season, our eerie solstice eerie episodes. Solstice, yes. Eerie solstice episodes. And this is the eerie solstice miniseries. 
Um, and you were like, we should break down the top three Halloween specials from our childhoods. And then somebody that we know mutually, Dave, <laughs> posted something about the Lizzie McGuire deal of... D. De la Muertos. Oh my god, I'm stuttering today. It's all good. You're the Day fine. of the Dead episode. And it suddenly reminded me that there were some really, really good Ots Halloween specials. So I started Googling TV shows from our childhood. And then somehow you and I both separately thought of Hey Arnold. Oh yeah. And we both thought of different Hey Arnold episodes. And then it just sort of dissolved into Hey Arnold talk. Yeah. And then the next thing we knew, we were just like, well, let's just do a whole episode dedicated to creepy Hey Arnold episodes. Because there's so many. There is. There's actually a website. (laughs) The creepiest (laughs) Hey Arnold episodes to marathon. 13 creepy episodes. Which we even, we did acknowledge. Not every one of these we would technically make our own. Like, we wouldn't say are creepy. Right. And then there are some that when I was going through the episodes to look for the ones we chose today, mm-hmm. I was like, well, that one's creepy. Yeah. I like, would say like Pigeon Man is more tragic and sad than it is creepy. Yeah. The the Pigeon Man is just like poetically sad. Yes. But then there's also another one that I want to go back and watch that seemed scary called The Sewer Man. Wait, The Sewer Man? How did yeah, I? Yeah, I don't... I mean, remember that one. The sewer man. That sounds yeah terrifying. <laughs> but there are some Ed. creepy ones that aren't in that uh, 13 creepy Hey Arnold episodes to Oh yeah. On. And that's weird is this list only has the Halloween special as a bonus. Like, hey, if you want to check it out, I'm like, yeah, but it's the Halloween episode. Right, right. It is the Halloween episode. You gotta make the Halloween episode, like, the main one. Right. But what's funny, too, and I know that this was the same for you, is that when I saw certain pictures of those episodes, it suddenly came flooding back to me. Yes. Yeah. So, like, we each did a couple, and we're here to talk about them. Yeah. There's one that we both watched because we had never heard of it before. Yeah, I'd never seen it. I don't know yeah. how we missed it, but I guess that was the nature of television back then. If you didn't see it when it aired, you were not likely to ever... See- like, it was that much harder to go find it. I think that's why, you know, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately, is that because there's such intentionality with streaming and viewership, that as an audience, we are all just more critical of what comes out. Yeah. And even the stuff that is bad, it's all intentionally bad. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, when I went to go see Moulin Rouge last night, because Broadway's back, baby! Yay! Yeah. Yay! Um, I was thinking about the movie, and this is, like, a very serious movie with a beautiful soundtrack. Boz Lerman has won awards. But I remember during the movie, they do these, like, very silly um sped up like filming scenes where they like speed the frame rate or they do very silly sound effects and i i just feel like that level of campiness isn't appreciated anymore yeah yeah so i feel like now everyone is so like hyper on top of what they're watching 
Whereas, like, when we were kids and we would just sort of, like, let this happen around us, that's actually sort of what created the environment for us to enjoy Halloween as kids. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I could definitely see what you're saying. Um, right? Yeah. Interesting. Like, I think that there are just some things people don't appreciate about movies anymore. I appreciate them. Yes, yeah, like, I feel like if Moulin Rouge was made again today as a movie... They wouldn't include those silly sound effects or the sped up frame rate or things like that because we'd have to take it more seriously. And what I love about that movie is just like how silly it is and dramatic and like campy and luscious it is, you know, like that's what makes it so fun. Um, so like, you know, I get what you think that that. Yeah. So I feel like that's still important for. Like art making and filmmaking. Of course. Now, did you want to start mm-hmm. with one of the episodes you watched? I was going to ask you, do you want to start with one of the episodes that you watched? I can start with an episode that I watched. Why don't we start with the actual Halloween episode? Do you want to do that? Oh, and then I'd we'll get into to, the yes. other ones? Okay, cool. All right. So the Halloween episode's a special one. I This this is one of the, re- this is the reason my brain immediately went to it. I'm like, hey, Arnold had a pretty great Halloween episode. Interrupt this broadcast to bring to you a special bulletin. A large saucer-like craft of unknown origin is reported to have landed on the outskirts of the ship. Mm-hmm. They're Halloween episodes from season two, episode eleven. It's Arnold's Halloween. I mean, we're breaking the rules a little bit because a lot of these did air in the aughts and we watched them in the aughts and they would re-air in the aughts. But this episode's technically from 1997. Oh, okay. And the basic premise is that Arnold and his friends are kind of getting sick of the way adults are treating Halloween around them. Because it's like, it's Halloween is meant to be fun. It's meant to be a kid's holiday. But like Mm -hmm. the adults are kind of like, like it starts off with Arnold and Gerald watching like television and then grandpa's like, you guys got to go to bed. We're planning our Halloween night. Halloween's meant mm-hmm. to scare kids, you know? And it's like, no, it's not. But um, then we see Helga. Her dad couldn't give a shit less of her existence. He really could not care less. So we get the template right there. Like, everyone's kind of mad at adults. The adults are going all out on their, like, Halloween things. But then there's also everyone's tuning into this show called z files and well there's two shows there's z oh my god files yes and ufo tonight hosted by <laughs> douglas kane as your host and reporter and writer and producer i will be your guide on your quest to make contact on ufo tonight which this is fun the character douglas kane mm-hmm. is based on orson wells and is voiced by um, he's voiced by Maurice Lamarche. I can't say his last name correctly, but if you remember Pinky and the Brain, he voices the brain. Oh, I was going to say, I know that name. Yeah, he voices the brain, which the brain is also another character who is meant to mimic Orson Welles. So it's perfect. It's kind of perfect. Yeah, yeah. And the significance um, to Orson Welles was his famous radio broadcast of War of the Worlds, which tricked a bunch of people into really thinking there was an actual alien invasion. 
Ugh, I, I, have you seen the Tom Cruise version of that movie? Yes, I have not the. I've. It's been so long though. I I did not like it. It's not a good movie. No, and then the whole like blood plant, it it just upset me, um, on like a visceral level. Yeah. Um, but I I I mean we've watched that Ghost Watch movie together. I love and there that is Ghost something, Watch movie. There is something really enjoyable about um spooky things that people are convinced are real yeah like when the broadcast goes wrong because we're so used to it Mm -hmm. being like everything's in control we're watching a broadcast right but then to see it all go to shit is a lot of fun yeah yeah we rely on this source Mm -hmm. to give us information and then also something like a radio show how are you supposed to know Exactly. There's not enough information out there to know if it's real or not. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So the basic plot is that the kids decide to pull a giant prank where those kids in the class would dress up as aliens. And then Arnold and Arnold and Gerald hijack the broadcast, which is kind of genius. Like Arnold had some technological genius. I don't understand how they did this. No, there are so many things that they do throughout the show and the movie that I think, like, how are a bunch of fourth graders capable of this? Yeah. They hijack the radio broadcast and Mm -hmm. play out a fake alien invasion and, and, and jig the water tower to look like a UFO so that people think that there's aliens landing. And that's when the kids wouldn't trick or treat as the aliens. And it was supposed to scare, you know, just scare Arnold's family. That was the whole point. Somehow, mm-hmm. Douglas Kane's television show picked up the broadcast, broadcasted it, and ran with it. And now the whole city is in chaos. And uh, I don't understand exactly what went wrong, but. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the paint they used for the alien makeup was like permanent latex. And wouldn't come off. And that's why they think that they're aliens, right? Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. I knew there was something that sensorily was very off-putting for me for this episode for a child. And I I think it was that, that the paint was latex-based and they couldn't get it off their skin. It's kind of a claustrophobic feeling. Like, it's like, oh, you're trapped. Yeah. Yeah. This thing will not leave your body. No. Now, this episode, I don't want to give too much more away. It's, you gotta, it's, 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 I definitely recommend watching it. Some of my favorite bits is, like, Helga's awful dad. (laughs) Is, like, (laughs) he tells this weird story. He goes, I believe in aliens. Because one time in, no. Why was he in North Dakota? He was like, I had a close encounter myself once. Oh, Bob, please don't start. Happened nearly 20 years ago. I was driving a pickup full of cut-rate Canadian transistors across North Dakota. I was bringing things back from Canada. And I'm like, yeah? Wouldn't you agree that Helga's dad would totally be an anti-vaxxer? He was was at January 6th. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Helga's dad was at the insurrection. (laughs) 
Yeah. I With think the boys. He, I think he was bringing back, like, I don't, he doesn't say it, but I'm kind of like, is he bringing back, like, like, cheap, falling off the back of a truck merchandise and driving? Because he's, why is he in North Dakota? Okay. I mean, it seems likely from the monkey business episode that I watched in one scene, he gets a phone call because he's a beeper salesman because he sells beepers. That's his business. Bob's beepers. Um, big Bob's beepers. Big Big Bob's beepers. He gets a phone call and he's like, what do you mean the beepers aren't working? Well, you signed a non-refundable contract. And I was like, oh, he's just a bad businessman. So it seems very likely that he could have just been like picking merchandise off the truck. Oh yeah, it's this episode's just a lot of fun. I I really recommend it. Also, there's a grandma is in spy gear for some reason. I understand any episode where grandma's in spy gear. I'm down. She just did her own thing. She just had her own style arc. But you know what? I recommend this episode. It's fantastic. It's also one of the rare episodes because usually Harold was broken up into two episodes, like an A mm-hmm. and a B plot. Mm-hmm. And this one, it's a full half hour of Hey Arnold Halloween. Mm. I specifically remember Grandma Spyware in um, the episode where they free the old turtle. Oh, yes. That was wonderful. Yeah. Also a really sad episode. The poor turtle. That's also another thing that a nine-year-old should not be capable of doing. I mean, granted, he has the help of his grandma, but also he only has the help of his grandma. Yeah. Yeah. Sandwich, nylons. I don't get it, you little worm. You were going to surrender to the aliens, weren't you? No, no. I swear. Yeah, well, listen and listen tight. Either you grow a spine pronto and join the fight for the human race. Well, I'll send you home to Mrs. Woods in a chocolate box. I'm with you all the way. Go, humans, go. Go, humans, go. Fight, fight, fight. Oh, just sit down and shut up. I remember for the Halloween episode, like, them ripping off their alien heads. And that also, like, they had trouble getting that off because it was stuck to the paint. Yeah. And that was something that freaked me out. You know, because when we were kids, we also had that Goosebumps episode with the mask. Oh, yes. And that just was too close for comfort to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, this was hands down, you know, World of the Worlds, Orson Welles tribute, spooky vibes, town goes crazy, aliens, Halloween. You can't go wrong. I I love this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like. Mass Hysteria is like a classic Twilight Zone episode theme, too. Oh, yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, all you need to do is just set up a plot where a bunch of townspeople are terrified. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just amongst the chaos. Yes. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, my my first episode that I watched um, also kind of tackles the idea of like old timey spooky stuff um for the monkey business episode mm-hmm. um they are terrified of a made up disease called monkey nucleosis monkey nucleosis and i didn't realize how baller this episode is because they just start off with their history teacher giving a lesson 
on um like false medicine like terminology from the 1800s and they just start off with like using leeches for blood and getting toxins out of the blood and i was like oh dang like this is where we're starting yeah and then he mentions another disease that people thought would turn them into a gigantic rabbit which seems so weird and then the images that they used for it were so horrifying and then they get into monkey nucleosis. Um, and then Helga goes to see someone performing with a monkey. The monkey falls in love with Helga and gives a big wet kiss on her elbow. Ew. Right? So uh, she starts to think that she has monkey nu- nucleosis. And I didn't. I knew that this episode was scary as a kid, but I didn't realize as an adult how terrifying it was until I just rewatched it. Does she it has be, this yeah. she has this nightmare sequence and then she plans a funeral with her friends and they what? all come to her house like she's having a funeral. That's fucking wild. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, you know, parents who just don't pay attention to their kids like you've got bob who is busy planning the next insurrection for this year (laughs) yeah and trying to scam people out of bad beepers and then like based on my experience with watching real housewives you know helga's mom is drinking the red wine and taking xanax all day yes like she is not all there and it's it's never really been verified what that is but we've all just watched Helga's mom just like not be approachable or attentive to any of Helga's needs no but when Olga's over right exactly poor Helga no wonder she had so many like attachment issues with people that she cared about yeah um all of her behavioral issues make a lot of sense yeah like honestly I feel for Helga because I just I had to think about it I'm like they're unintentionally making Helga feel like she's to blame for their misery. And it's like, no, they're just terrible adults. They really are. They really are. And then also, you know, what comes up in several episodes is that, you know, she feels like she's um, too masculine for the other girls. But then when she hangs out with the boys, they're always constantly like, well, you're a girl. So this is kind of a guy's thing that we're doing. Oh, that happens in one of the episodes. Right, exactly. Yeah. So um, Helga starts to think she has monkey nucleosis. And then in this nightmare sequence, she is a monkey, mm-hmm. but she's still Helga, which is worse. This is like David Cronenberg level horror. Mm-hmm. And she's still talking like a human and she has the hair and the unibrow, but she looks like a monkey. And they set it up as this sort of, like, 1800s um, supernatural scientific discovery presentation. Like, she's in a room with a bunch of white bald men with glasses and mustaches and top hats. And someone is presenting her as this sort of, like, supernatural scientific marvel. She gets terrified. She runs out. 
I love that like everywhere around her is very 1800s, but when she runs into Arnold, he is still like modern day Arnold. (laughs) And then she gets picked up by this, what I can only presume to be a stereotypically Italian man with a little music box who's like oh "Oh, my monkey there you are and she's like what and he's like oh come with me we perform now and then she just sort of like accepts her fate and starts dancing to the music as a street performer that's wild and then people are just staring at her it's that is the most eerie part of the episode is like in the nightmare she starts to just accept her form and it's so unsettling and then she wakes up and the steps for monkey nucleosis are so silly it's like a rash irritability and then expiration which is the (laughs) word they use for death although what's funny is the show didn't hide from saying death like it's... no <laughs> maybe they were just very colorful in their language well i mean it is monkey nucleosis right right so once she realizes that expiration is the next step she calls all of her friends to hold a funeral and like bequeath her last items to them they all show up in black she gives <laughs> Phoebe a book that she needs to return to the library. (laughs) Amazing. And then she brings in Arnold and she's about to tell him how she really feels about him. And that's when Phoebe bursts through the door and says like, wait, you don't have monkey nucleosis. You're fine. And then she says something like, oh, uh, Arnold, you're actually okay. That's it. (laughs) You're fine. You're fine. You're You're an all right lad. But, like, you know, I knew that monkey nucleosis in general, like, being terrified of a disease you don't know, was scary enough. It was the moment where she accepted her fate and her lifestyle in the nightmare that really threw me off. I can imagine. I mean, it's just like this. Also, that that would fuck me up. Like, she just becomes a street performing monkey and is like, this is what it, it is now. Yeah, and the music is so slow, and we've talked about this in other settings. I feel like with Dead Space, um, you know, the creatures that come at you aren't as terrifying as the ones you sort of see moving slowly, lurking in the shadows. There's sometimes something more unsettling about something that is slow and deliberate and quiet than something that comes right at you. Yeah. So... The monkey Helga dancing to this music box as a street performer, for me, was that moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was intense. I forgot how terrifying the monkey nucleosis episode was. Monkey nucleosis. (laughs) I gotta watch this one. I didn't watch this one. Okay, okay. Yeah. What was the next one that you watched? Um, Sid the Vampire. Oh, you did watch the Sid the I Vampire one. I did watch one. Sid the Vampire. Or Vampire Slayer. Is it a Vampire Slayer? Oh, Sid the Vampire Slayer. Sorry, yeah. Okay, okay. This is season... I don't... Why didn't I... Season 5, episode 3. Okay. This is pretty much starts out with Arnold, Sid, and Stinky, who... Stinky's the best. I fucking love Stinky. I love Stinky, too. Stinky's the best. I reckon Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> 
There's one episode, I think it's Gerald who has to get his, get his tonsils taken out. Somebody yeah, has to get their Gerald, tonsils. Yeah. Okay. And Stinky is like, don't worry, Gerald. If you need tonsils, just come to me. I've got four of them. I'm a freak of nature. Yeah, Stinky is so fucking funny. He's such a such a good. Oh, you know what's another episode we could have done? And this what? was this would be so appropriate for your activity that you're doing this fall. Oh, he makes he grows the giant ass pumpkin. He grows the giant ass pumpkin and they do it like a field of dreams. And it becomes your like hangout house, right? Yeah, and then it gets gross. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. So so this episode, Sid the Vampire Slayer. It starts out with the three of them in a movie theater, which great start. Always a good start. Watching mm-hmm. a vampire movie. Just whatever generic vampire movie, dorky corny lines, the vampire goes, I want to suck your blood and chases a Amazing. woman through the house. Arnold and Stinky are having a great time, but Sid is terrified. Sid that's the common theme in the show, is Sid's gonna be terrified. I really like Sid. He's gr- every character is great. Yeah, every character is great. Even if they're just a small side character, you learn so much about them. Yeah. They leave the theater. Sid's got those boots. Yeah, and they're like, let's hang out. And Sid's like, I'm going to bed. But then Stinky makes the mistake of joking about being a vampire. And now Sid's in the whole episode is Sid on a vendetta. To try and figure out if Stinky's a vampire and how to kill him. It is the... It, it was just so funny. Like, he I, he takes out a book. And he's like, he's going to have fangs. He's not going to have a reflection. Mm-hmm. I remember he mm-hmm. tries to take a picture of Stinky, but is so scared he won't look. Stinky bends down to pick up a book. He snaps the picture. It was using a Polaroid, you know. Amazing. Thing. Amazing. So Sid looks at the picture. Clearly, Stinky's not in it. He bent down. But Sid's like, yep, this is it. This is proof. He's a fucking vampire. Oh my God. Well, what I love about this episode is it really captures this sort of, like, childlike, obsolete way of thinking. Yeah. Or not obsolete, but like, um, oh my God, what's the other word? Obtuse. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, when you're a kid, it could be a completely ridiculous thing or completely erroneous thought but you just think it's fact. Yeah. You're like, yep, that person's a vampire. Gotta kill them now. I also love the bit uh, after the movie, Stinky says, I reckon that lady should have worn herself a turtleneck. <laughs> Stinky. Stinky's oh my God, as you just said that, I just remembered that line in the episode. Yeah. Oh my His God. His voice is so funny. Also, I wanted to point out, Stinky has IBS. He stays away no. from garlic. Like, that's funny. It's so dumb. There's like, that's my 30 year old brain thinking when someone's like, oh, yeah. I avoid garlic. I'm like, oh, yes, IBS. Oh, oh, poor Stinky. Poor Stinky. And now his fucking dumbass friend is trying to slay him with a rubber sword. That's right. He has a rubber. Sid has a rubber sword. But that's what I mean. I love that sort of like obtuse way of thinking for children where it's like, I have to do this. Now I'm on this quest to kill a vampire. Well, I guess I'll use my rubber sword. Because that's all you could get in the moment. Yeah. And poor Stinky, he can't even eat garlic. And now he's getting attacked with a rubber sword. Uh, it, it, it's just, it's a very fun episode. I genuinely love it. 
that's mm-hmm. all. I don't want to mm-hmm. say much more. I want I like I feel like I like bring up these moments. I'm like, just watch it. Just watch it. Fair. They're Fair. all on Hulu, everybody. <laughs> um, so my next episode was um this one that I completely forgot about until I saw the picture and it brought back the voice. And that's what I find is so interesting about these things that happen where we watch these things as kids and we just grow up and forget that they existed. And then we see something that brings it all back to us. Yeah. Um, my next episode is Phoebe Cheats. Yes. Uh, which doesn't sound like a big deal, but is <laughs> so disturbing. So, um... Phoebe starts feeling like she is not the top dog anymore. No. Um, somebody else's Abraham Lincoln essay gets put on the bulletin board, and she feels like she's slipping. And then they have a poetry contest, and she feels like she is not coming up with anything good, but she needs to be successful. hmm And she plagiarizes because... There's nothing scarier than plagiarism. But when you think of just this little nine-year-old who feels pressured already to do well, and um, I love the dichotomy of her parents. Like, what I really love about Hey Arnold, and I was able to appreciate then and definitely appreciate now, was the, like, cultural diversity of all the students in Hey Arnold. yeah. Yeah. Like, they show Phoebe's parents, and her dad is a Japanese man who cares a lot about teaching her, like, the finer things of life. She does fencing with him in the episode. And then her mom is this, like, white Southern woman. And, like, Phoebe and her, like, cultural, you know, diversity of her own family being, like, a half-Asian, half-American child, like... She obviously already has this embedded pressure in her to do well. She plagiarizes uh, this poem, and then she wins the award for the best poem. Uh, The B-plot of the episode is that Helga anonymously submits a poem about Arnold, and (laughs) it gets second place. (laughs) Stinky also has a great moment um, in that episode, too. And when he notices that Helga's freaking out and Phoebe wins this little statue of Emily Dickinson Uh that starts talking to her as she becomes like more unraveled by the fact that she cheated and plagiarized. So she like wakes up in the middle of the night and her statue is on her table and it says something to her like, Hey there, Miss Smarty Pants. And I'm like, oh my god, what the fuck is happening here? What do you want from me? Well, if it isn't little Miss Smarty Pants. You're an inanimate object. You can't talk. And you can't write poetry. I can't hear you. Cheater, cheater. Isn't it do that really terrifying thing where like she hides and then she looks and it's closer? 
What ends up happening is like she brings the trophy home and she's so like she's so guilt ridden by herself that she shoves it in a shelf. Mm -hmm. But then after she goes to sleep, her mom comes into her room to tidy up a few things and notices that she shoved the statue into her drawer. So she takes it out and puts it on the table, which just like a classic scenario. Mm-hmm. And then it's like facing her when she wakes up. It's terrifying. Um, I feel like it just has that like classic Victorian element of horror that is just amazing. And it starts like talking to her some more, and she's like, "You cheated! You're a cheater! Everyone will know, Phoebe." So she's like losing her shit as time goes on. She tries to bury it in the sand. She's like, I'm going to get rid of you and I will never have to see you again. And the statue is like, oh, so naive, little Phoebe. And I'm like, oh my God, give her a break. Just pure torment and guilt. Yeah. And then the statue still ends up getting back into her possession. And she just can't handle the pressure anymore. And she lets her teacher know that she really struggled with the poetry writing and she felt like she had to do well. So, you know, in the grand scheme of the episode, the episode is truly about the unprecedented pressure we put on our children, specifically um, children of color who feel like they need to do better for their families. Yeah. To exceed and you know, do better and rise above that this little nine-year-old snapped. <laughs> it is wild. That is, yeah, that is that is the true uh, horror of this episode is the academic pressures we put on children. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because that's really what makes her snap in this episode. I mean, yes, the talk, the statue talking is terrifying, but obviously it's all in her brain based on, like, the pressure she feels to be perfect. Mm-hmm. By her family, by herself, by her peers, by her instructors. It's just way too much for one child to handle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's a great episode. I've always loved Phoebe. Phoebe was always one of my favorite characters on the she's show. Great. Because she... Yeah. Because she's just so smart and so observant, and that if she's, like, giving you the business, it's because she means it and she knows the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, she was so patient. She was such a good friend to Helga that if she ever told Helga off, it's like, okay, I need to listen because, like, she puts up with a lot. And if she's not going to put up with something, then it's for a good reason. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. So that's my second episode. I'm going to talk about... The, I've been looking forward to this one. Yes. Haun- now it's haunted, time. The Haunted Train. The Haunted Train. This one... Immediately, this one, this one, along with the Halloween episode, are the two I immediately think to. Mm-hmm. This this episode used to fuck with me as a kid because it is, first of all, that song. Yeah, that song is incredible. Once you mentioned it, it started to kind of come back into my memory. Yeah, and I mean, like this show in general does a really good job of taking like it does both. It respects children. But also reminds us of, like you were saying, like how these small little things, we just take them as fact, you know, like 
things that are either nonsensical or not important are just like either the most dire things in the world to us as kids or we just mm-hmm. buy things as fact. So it's it's beautiful in that it pays respect to kids, mm-hmm. but also reminds us of that young fun and innocence of it. Like because this episode is literally just like a regular summer's day mm-hmm. and Arnold and Gerald are bored. And grandpa sees a tr- the train, the local train running by and just goes, you know what? I'm going to fuck with these kids. I'm going to tell them a story about the haunted train. And he makes up. I don't know if he made it up or if it's an old wise tale. I think it's an old wise tale. Where, okay. Where the story goes, train car number 25. The conductor went mad, drove the train off the rails and drove it straight into hell. Off the rails, baby! Off the rails! Off the rails! And it got them so... The whole neighborhood... Like, literally, all these kids from the neighborhood should sit on the porch just to listen to Grandpa tell this story. (laughs) And it is, like, that genuine, like, feeling as a kid, like, you're bored, and then just this random story becomes the most important thing for the rest of the day. Because now, like... have captivated many a child by telling a ridiculous story. I made up an adventure about my two cats and Bruce Quillis, rest in peace. Um, Like, I I literally just embellished every possible detail and it's captivating. Hell yeah. It wasn't the most interesting story and it had no plot, but once you say, like, I have this story to tell you, and you're right, like, kids just run with it. Yeah. And now the beauty of the episode is Arnold and Gerald are like, we got to go. We got to see if this train is going to show up. And mm-hmm, Helga's mm-hmm. like, well, fuck you guys. I'm going too. Mm-hmm. And I love how they say, all right, meet up at the train station an hour after the street lights turn on. And I'm like, that mm-hmm. is such an amazing way to tell time. Once the and street lights a, turn on. Yeah. That's such a like city child way of telling time. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, because like when you can't tell time yet, you're going to go by other things like the streetlights turning on or like, okay, like after school, before our parents get home. Oh, my God. Mm hmm. So they go to the station. Also, I got to give credit. I think it's Jim Lang or something like that. He did a lot of the music for Hey Arnold. Like the music's great, but like there was just this eerie, creepy music as they're getting to the train station it's just building up the suspense and i'm like this isn't remarkable like this is really good and i love this shot where like they get to the track and they look down the tunnel and there's just this long like point of perspective drawing the how long this track is running of just darkness mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then like they wait for the train nothing's happening gerald sings a pretty cool song arnold's on the harmonica <laughs> And then you just hear the rumbling and the train is approaching the station. The train looks fucking incredible. It's this like old like coal engine train. Mm -hmm. Dark coal black with like red like flaming undertones. Like it Mm -hmm. is. I think the legend goes if I'm correct it goes the train lures you in with the bright light 
once you're in the train, it shuts its doors, you're trapped. It smells like rotten eggs. You'll hear oh, the most right. unhuman music you'll ever hear. And once you get to the last stop, you're in hell. And that's when the conductor gets you. Ooh, ooh, it's so good. It's so juicy. Oh, my God. It's such a juicy plot. And, like, even just, like, the decoration of the train, the whole plot of, like, it lures you in. It's it's perfect. It, it, it's beautifully animated. It literally, the train pulls up, the doors open, there's just a bright white light. And mm-hmm. they walk in, and as they walk in, they become silhouettes, and you're like almost like they are being transported to another world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it turns out the the train is just a local train for the coal miners at the at the factory plant. Mm-hmm. But I hey Arnold's genius plan. He's like, "There's a fire hose. We're putting out the fire in hell, baby. <laughs> We're putting it all out." I feel like that also speaks to, like, the childlike way of thinking of just, like, well, if there's a fire, we'll just put it out. Yeah. Like, oh, that's all hell needed to begin with. That that would have solved the problem, like, brimstone and fire just from the beginning. Just take it out with some water. Yeah, and that song, that rap-y, that, that wrap-up song, like, that, mm-hmm. I would say, like, Tom Waits-inspired song. Would you say that it could have been at the villain's bar in Trek 2? Yeah. No, it would have been perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. What a great episode. Now, I love that episode. I I did not watch it for this episode, but I I loved it when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. And also, like, I feel like, you know, you were talking about the music. I feel like Hey Arnold really captured the essence of, like, a New York City public school kid. Yeah. I mean, they live among trains. They take trains all the time. And when you're a kid, trains are, like, the most exciting thing ever. Oh, and I then love you... trains. Right. <laughs> you love trains now. Um, And then to tell these kids who grow up with trains and see them every single day... Oh, there's a train that takes you to hell? What? Who does that? <laughs> a madman, that's who. Yeah, it's a great episode. Oh, yeah. We we did watch Ghost Bride. Um, okay. Which was in the 2000s. That was in the final season. 2003. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why I didn't see it. I was going to say, like, that, yeah, that was one of the only ones I have not watched. I think, because that's the season where, oh my god, they also have the episode where they tell you what happens to Arnold's parents. I I did watch that one. I remember that one. I remember they advertised the shit out of that, and I was like, of course I'm watching this. Of course. Who wasn't going to watch it? Mm-hmm. We should watch that episode, watch the first Hey Arnold movie, and then watch the other one that they came out with. They Yeah, they did come out with a new one, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have not and seen I think it. It's- I think it's like somehow tied to his parents. Like, does he go back to the jungle to find? I, I think it has to be right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's the season that Ghost Bride happens in, which is the last season. And I, I feel like with a lot of the shows that we grew up with, as we got a little bit older and like the final episodes were airing, that's kind of when you start to miss certain episodes. Mm-hmm. 
Like that definitely happened for me with the Fairly Odd Parents, Invader Zim. There were a couple of episodes that once I downloaded Invader Zim, um, our senior year of high school that I had not seen yet. Yeah, I mean, also mm-hmm. Fairly Odd Parents, I think was still going on for like I think it was their second longest running show. Hey oh, Arnold was Sponge- no no uh Fairly Odd Parents. Oh yeah 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 it was a long show. Yeah. Yeah. But Ghost Bride was a good one. This one was Ghost a little Bride dark. was intense. Yeah, I was going to say, do you want me to read the urban legend? Yeah, do it. So, this all pretty much starts off when, um, what's that, what's his name? Curly? Curly gets yeah. jealous because everybody listens to Gerald. Who, Gerald is the storyteller. Like, Curly, shut up. I didn't Gerald like... is the storyteller. Yo, Curly is, is just... Role. I watched Curly and I'm like, yo, this kid's definitely an incel now. Totally. Yeah, you can't trust anything that Curly says. That man snaps. He literally has like an incel snap in an episode. Yeah. He holds the principal's office hostage and starts throwing dodgeballs at people who approach him. He is the incel number one. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the story goes, a bride-to-be is left at the altar... And finds out that her husband-to-be married her sister at a church literally across the street. The next day. The next day. Like, the somebody would have said something. Day. Also, like, what a shitty couple that he leaves her for her sister. And then they have a wedding the next day. Like, yeah. No couth. Zero couth. But she goes mad and she puts on her wedding dress and grabs a big axe from the basement. (laughs) Walks the very specific 14 blocks to their house. Yes, 14 blocks. uh, To murder them in their sleep. And you see this. Like, you don't see the blood, but you you see this happen. Like, they're in bed together. You see the the silhouette of the hack, hack. And maybe the most disturbing thing is when the police arrive, she's humming the wedding tune. While she hummed the wedding march. Standing forward, they could only watch as she jumped from her chair and looked out the window, resulting in her demise. They buried her in her wedding dress, right here in this very cemetery. And every year, on the anniversary of her gruesome deeds, she rises from the grave and wanders around among the headstones, humming the wedding march and looking for more victims. The end. Yeah, I could have told the story much better than that. While throwing rice at their corpses. Insane. And then, and then jumps out the window and takes her own life. I need to know what happened at that pitch meeting. Don't you? Yeah. Like, I wish I was a fly on the wall during that meeting because somebody somebody had to say are we sure this is not too much or what if it was even worse and then they were like this is what we can give you instead it was this was wild this is the most pg version of the story we came up with it's awesome i i loved it and because they they were what they were passing by an old cemetery. Harold is scared. They yeah. tell the oh, story. Oh, sweet Harold! Harold is such a soft boy. Doesn't he have an episode about his bar mitzvah? 
He does, and he stole a ham. He stole a ham. <laughs> he stole a ham. <laughs> he stole a ham. I think they even make a joke where they're like, we don't even eat ham. Why'd you steal a ham of all things? And that was one joke that I didn't get as a kid, but now as a grown-up, I get it. Harold stole a ham. And I think they have Elliot Gould play his rabbi. Oh my god. Incredible. Harold is such a soft boy. We, I love Harold, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh my they play God. him off like he's one of the bullies, but he's a softie. No, he's a good boy. He's, he's just a stole boy. a ham. He just stole a ham. Oh my God. Oh. So this is the episode we touched briefly about how like, they, they're like, we should come to the cemetery at night mm-hmm. to see if the ghost story is real. Helga's like, yeah, man, of course. Literally, mm-hmm. I rode on the fucking terror train with you motherfuckers. And right. they're all like, sorry, it's a boys thing only. Girls get too scared. Mind you, Harold says this. The kid who, like... Yeah, two seconds ago. Yeah. Like, obviously Helga can prove she can throw down. So they, she has this brilliant idea to dress up as the ghost bride. She uses Amazing. a croquet mallet. Yeah. <laughs> to scare them. And it's pretty intuitive. The, this, like... She fucking designs the gate to close. Like, it's genius. Yeah, that, honestly, if I was a child, would terrify me. You go into a cemetery just to check out this urban legend, and then you go to the gate, and it's closed, and there's a chain around it? Yeah. Uh Uh-uh. I don't think I could handle that at 30. No. And also, like, I love the way this show animates makeup, because... Helga clearly has, like, the eyeliner and the dark eyeshadow underneath her eyes. Yeah. Solid. Oh, my God. And then... um, It's a solid plan that she has. She pulls it off. Mm -hmm. The boys are freaking out. But it turns out there's another ghost. Another Mm -hmm. ghost bride. Yeah. The kids... The guys are scared because they're being chased by the ghost bride. That's Helga. And she turns around... And she thinks the real ghost bride is following her. So now it's a, it's an, these kids have to find a way to escape the cemetery. They trap themselves in a mausoleum. They trap themselves in a mausoleum with dead bodies. (laughs) Yeah, with dead bodies. Which I didn't know they were going to actually acknowledge. And then Gerald says, I can't stay in here anymore with these dead bodies. Oh no, you know who's, didn't remember Harold makes a joke. He's like, can we just hang out here forever? I oh, mean, really? they've done it. And I was <laughs> yeah. just like, oh. Amazing. Harold. Oh, Harold. Our boy. We can't hide out in here for. I think it's someone says we can't hide out here forever. And he goes, why not? They did. <laughs> oh, my God, Harold. But Arnold, so, of course. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go oh, no. Ahead. I was just going to say. So to their fear the ghost is just like walking back and forth waiting for one of them to leave like a shark waiting for its prey i was gonna say this is when arnold you know as of course he's arnold he's the hero he decides we gotta do something he leaves gerald joins him and this is when arnold makes his brilliant discovery 
that the ghost bride was wearing striped red socks. <laughs> Classic. The same dorky ass socks that our incel man Curly was wearing. You know that Curly now is the person who makes like dumb conspiracy videos on YouTube in his parents' basement. Oh, he's the quartering. He's the quartering. Yeah, yeah. The quartering, for anyone not familiar, is a, a very fascinating YouTube personality. He's kind of an incel and he peed in his basement. Okay, I'm glad you actually explained that because I just <laughs> said yes and I didn't know what you were talking about. I'm sorry. I I have this thing where sometimes I just say yes to things and then I'm like, I, I don't know what I just did. I, my brain went to this guy. He's not an interesting guy. You shouldn't look him up. It's Your life's better okay. not knowing who the quartering is. I only know... I don't even have to say reasons. Um, but yeah, so Curly... I My favorite bit is that they're so mad at Curly. They literally lock him in the mausoleum and leave him there. And then he starts hearing the ghost bride humming the wedding march. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> that was my favorite bit. They literally were like, yo, fuck this kid. We're locking him in here and leaving him overnight. Oh my God. I think I'd have a heart attack. Curly deserves it, though. I mean, but he probably also uses that as his reasoning for becoming an incel as a grown-up. Like, they didn't understand me. They locked me in a tomb. Even though I was being a dick and I deserved it, they locked me in a tomb. You're right. He would, yeah, he he would play victim. But, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. But Curly's also such a funny character. I love in his episode where he snaps... And he just goes on this, like, wild maniac rant about Eugene and how, like, Eugene chooses pencils. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, the thing is, is that, like, there's only technically one Halloween episode. But Hey Arnold would cover so many episodes that are actually very frightening and very creepy. Yeah, well, I think even, like, in Sid the... I think, like, yes, there was only one Halloween full half-hour episode, but, like, in Sid the Vampire, there's decorations Mm -hmm, hanging about mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. Halloween. So, like, I think there was... The idea was always there. And, like, Mm -hmm. we didn't talk about some of the other ones, but, like, I did watch, just out of morbid curiosity, the uh, the, uh, Weird Cousin episode, which that episode's... Oh, the Weird Cousin! prefer your plain, homely, dull-as-dirt cousin Arnie over you, Arnold. I mean, you're no dapper, Dan, but you sure are better looking than Arnie. And you're sure a lot more fun to talk to, but she just likes him better. Look at her glow. Stinky, shut up. What did I say? In that episode, Arnold gets rejected by his longtime crush, I forget her name, Lila. 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 And... It, there one he wanted to go see this movie called Evil Twin, which I mean, this, that's kind of the theme of the episode. I love that everybody hates his weird cousin except for Lila, who falls in love with him. And Stinky's like, I don't get it, Arnold. He just looks like you, but uglier, dumber. <laughs> He's weird. So and Arnold's like, yeah, I ain't having your shit. Keep stop, stop dropping truth in. bombs, Stinky. 
<laughs> and then the best part of all at the end of that episode is that <laughs> Arnold's weird ass cousin dumps Lila for Helga. Amazing. Oh. Well, you know what? I okay, so I was looking up the air dates for the episodes that I shared. Monkey Business was October 6th. Phoebe mm-hmm. Cheats was October 15th. And then Ghost Bride was November 11th. And I do enjoy a little spooky spillover into November. Oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So, I, I definitely think that it's intentional for some of these episodes to come out, like, leading up to Halloween, but it, the Alien episode is the only one that is sort of dedicated and saying, like, this is a Halloween special, and it's yeah. about them trick-or-treating. Um, that being said, what I also really love about Hey Arnold, I was just thinking about how annoying at first it is that he's so obsessed with Lila, and they make it such a, a plot of the show but at the same time, what other show or what other pop culture context was telling young boys, like, you will like someone, and that does not guarantee that they will like you back? Yeah, and it's an important lesson. Honestly, that have the episode starts with Lila saying to Arnold, you just don't have that special something that I'm looking for. And then at the end of the episode, she's like, I don't get it. I loved your weird, ugly cousin. And <laughs> Arnold's like, hey. He just didn't have that special something. You don't have that special something. Go off. (laughs) King king shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, at first, like, when I was younger, I was just like, all right, she doesn't like him. Let's go on to another plot. And there's still a part of me that feels that way. But at the same time, I am really glad that they mentioned that as frequently as they did, just for, I feel like that was the first time that when I was a kid that I I saw like a boy have a crush on a girl and she would just like very honestly tell him like, I do not like you that way. I am not going to like you that way. And I'm pretty positive her mind never changes. No, it never does. She never, no. And you know, it is an important thing. Like Mm -hmm. it is like a thing that young, it's tackling an issue that young men aren't always taught. Like, Mm -hmm. like, Hey, it's okay. Like not everyone's going to like you and you're not entitled to anything. You want to, you're better off finding people you mesh with anyway. Right. It it, it teaches you that like, you should not be afraid of rejection. Rejection is just a somewhat normal part of life. And if, and being rejected is not an insult or an attack on your masculinity or who you are as a person. Yeah. And what's weird is I've met, we know those guys who are, oh, they're, everybody they're, taught, does. they're taught that persistence at no matter what is the best way to go. Right. And you know, what's wild is, and obviously like, these are like, these are poor father figures, but also women teach this to men, like, just be persistent. It's like, no, why are we teaching them this awful behavior? Yeah. Um, rom-coms. And, like, oh, as yeah. a rom-com connoisseur, I, I can admit that, too. Um, but I think the wherein lies the issue, and I'm actually going to refer back to 500 Days of Summer. There's a part where they, like, interview uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's friends, and one of them says, like, yeah, she doesn't look like all the girls in the movies that I love or a fantasy girl, but that's okay because she's real and that's better. 
I think mm-hmm. that for a long time we would see these like romantic grand gestures in rom-coms and think that's what we needed from romance. The type of guy who is not confident in himself or understands the nuances of relationships enough to do that naturally or organically are the ones who are going to rely on those grand gestures, but those also tend to be the people that we end up saying like, no, I don't like you that way. And then they think that they need to follow it literally and be very consistent and persistent with their pursuit. And then that is where there is the issue of like, I really want you to stop. Yeah. (laughs) Don't deliver my mail. Oh my fucking God. Yes. I'm leaving that in by the way. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. (laughs) I did want to, I did want to go back to one of the earlier episodes. We talked about the train station and almost actually another one. um, This reminded me of a creepypasta I read about the other day called the Kisaragi Station. Mm-hmm. It's, this story originates, just to run down it quickly, just a fun additional creepy thing. It's You can find it online. There's video essays about it, and you can just read the original thing. On 2chan, which is another, you know, I guess, for, image-based form like 4chan, there's a forum called posts about strange occurrences and there was this in real time exchange between an anonymous poster who's like i've been on this train for a while and something seems off and each post people are asking like what's going on what station were you at she's like i got on at this station but it hasn't stopped i'm trying to head home normally there's several stops i don't know if i got on an express train and it just drops her off at this random station where there's nothing and nobody around and it's mm-hmm. really creepy and really cool. Like I had, I was thinking about that while watching the episode, and I was like, "Oh, mm. that is kind of a creepy thing." Because mm. it's just like that's the creepiest thing of all, right? Like you do your everyday routine, and then something is just off. Right, and you know that's a feeling people can relate to. You know, mm-hmm. you should be going about your everyday, and I think that's why deja vu can be so off off putting. Because it it's it replicates normalcy and reality, and then it just feels like it's going south. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you want to ask me the question? Yeah, I, I will ask you the question. Yeah, uh, ask me so, the question. So, Tom. Yes. Tomas. Tomas. Yes. Mm-hmm. See. Si. Do you think that, mm-hmm. I, I guess these episodes would... Uh, uh oh, oh my god what is our question we haven't done it in a while do you think that these episodes of Harry Arnold would be as successful today or would um function today as well as they did in the past I think they would because they're really well written they're well done and they're fun like I think there is a mm-hmm. more accepting audience of adults watching animation nowadays mm-hmm. so I think also just like I was telling you before like when it comes to nostalgia, like we're we're the fucking millennial generation that loves the nineties and I'll be the first to be very critical of the nineties, but at the same 90s time. Nineties kids don't even know the nineties, okay? They don't, they don't remember know. the nineties like we do. No. So there is this in- inevitable fear of is this thing actually good or am is it just nostalgia glasses? And I think a lot of the things people praise are mm-hmm. never as good. However, somehow hey arnold i think stands the test of time like it is timeless in that way where it feels like a mixture of like new york chicago 
like city living it's timeless like it could fit in any time like and it's just so well done i enjoyed it like i watched way more Harold than i thought i was going to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i'm glad to say that it doesn't fall down the nostalgia glasses trauma no problem i think it mm-hmm. is just legitimately good yeah i think so too especially like going back and watching it kind of like picking up on certain like developmental psychological factors like i mentioned like understanding like phoebe's family background better helga's family background like at the time we were just like ah adults are jerks her dad is business um but like actually understanding it better um i don't think that this is a show that suffers from like the nostalgia colored glasses um so I, i think that's good I think it's a great show. I'm so glad we went back and watched it. For Christmas, we got to talk about Hey Arnold's Christmas. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. No, I have to bring the tissues. It is an amazing episode. If you can't cry to that Hey Arnold episode, you got to go see a therapist. You have to go work out some internal issues because there is nothing more heartbreaking than that Christmas episode. Amen. It's also wild. a really good example of like things that nine year olds are capable of in this show that nine year olds normally would not have the resources to do. We would have the imagination to do. I think that's the key thing. Yeah. Everything yeah. Hey Arnold does, like, yes, it's impractical, but it's everything that a nine year old thinks they can do or wants yeah. to do. Yeah. Like their, their capability and their resources do not match their motivation whatsoever. And that's sort of like the sweet childlike nature of it. Yeah. So Tom. Agreed. Mm-hmm. What has been your obsession this week? Hey Arnold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hey Arnold, and also I'm planning like I, I've talked about it briefly. I'm doing the October pumpkin challenge again, but this time I'm making an actual new Instagram for it and oh, a TikTok for it. And by the time this episode comes out, they both should be live. Um, yes. I think I think I'm gonna go with the name that you gave me. I think it's. Oh, you think pumpkin, so? Yeah, I think pumpkin spice carving. <gasps> I think it has to be like it includes pumpkins and and carving, and that's like the major thing when people search up. Like, I might call myself Tommy Bago Pumpkins, but I mean it has to be something that it's easy to look up. So that, I mean, unless it changes, that's the plan. I think pumpkin spice carving has like a nice uh, rhythm to it. But mm-hmm. also, if you end up not doing that, you could just put in a funny little bleep and just cut it out because that'd be funny too. Yes. Um, now I'm excited to see what you do with your um, with your pumpkin theme. Thank you. Now this, what has been... This eerie solstice. Eerie solstice. Yes. What has been your obsession though? Um, I mean, I already mentioned that I finally got to go back to Broadway yesterday. Yes. That was wonderful. Um, I was interviewed for going back to Broadway, so that was fun. That's wild. Um, Yeah, yeah, and it it felt very much like something my dad would have loved because, like, he got interviewed a lot for work, so I was joking that he would have just, like, barreled in front of me and been like, um... I have been a fan of the arts for much longer than my daughter. Um, (laughs) She 
you know, we're very proud of her in her new job. But um, also our other daughter went to Berkeley College of Music and uh, Courtney would not have survived her undergrad without her boyfriend and her roommate, Julia. Just saying, like, like, <laughs> like he would have loved it. Um, and also, I felt like the performers, like they were just so happy to be performing again that they really pumped it up. And the audience, it just felt like there was so much electricity in the Broadway theater. It was just so amazing. And it was just so amusing to feel that. Like, you know, when you see a movie and you can tell that the actors are having a good time. Yeah. It felt like that, but with Broadway. And it was so intense and it was just so wonderful. Um, Hell yeah. Separately. Yeah. Also a childlike thing. Button candy. Button candy? I had button candy for the first time this week in a long time, and it felt so good. <laughs> Why am I having a hard time thinking about button candy? How do you not remember what button candy is? It, you get the, the sheet of paper. Oh, I remember And it's just candy. these little dabs of hard sugar that you just peel off like an idiot. No, I mean, like, I bought Halloween Oreos because you it's did? that time. Of, yes, of course I did. Are those the ones where it's, like, still the vanilla cream, but it's just dyed orange? Yes, but it does taste different. That's, I mean, that's probably the artificial dye that tastes different. Listen, but it's like, Halloween themed. You know what? Go off, Tom. Go off. Yeah. Halloween. Now I, I got to find some Count Chocula. Eerie Solstice. Eerie Solstice. That's right. That's right. Um, What are we doing for our next episode? I know we pitched a bunch of ideas and we have them <laughs> kind of planned out, but now I'm like, oh no, now you put me under the pressure, Courtney. We, I know, I, um, I'm a terrible person. No, um, you're not. I just, <laughs> I need to be more, I need to be better. Do we want to do the countdown of like our favorite witch movies or yes, do we want to do, okay, cool, cool. Cause I've got some weird ones. Let's do it. Okay. So uh, next week we're going to do a similar episode where we kind of go back and forth about, um, a theme of one thing and next week it's gonna be our favorite witch themed movies should we do movies Yay. we're gonna do movies or movies or tv or tv or, shows let's add tv shows TV. in there too yeah okay i wore an outfit yesterday to the show that reminded me very much of the new sabrina reboot and i was like that show is a dumpster fire but man the clothing is it was good for a season and a half. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is the Eerie Solstice. Expect more spooky stuff to come. I'm not going to say the whole thing, John, I promise. <laughs> um, you can find us on the Instagram at remember the 00s podcast. And if you look us up on Google, you'll find us on most places, preferably Spotify. But I will only judge you a little bit if you try to go to Apple Music and tell us how much better Apple is. Although, uh, fuck you guys. You're, the EU just passed a law saying that every phone requires a universal charging device. And uh, yes! let's just be honest. USB, I don't care what... Lightning Bolt is trash. Lightning Bolt is garbage. USB-C is vastly superior. You can't sit around and act like your phone is better when you're still using fucking Lightning Bolt. You know what? I don't know what any of those words mean, but I'm going <laughs> to support you and provide the same level of um, intensity. So that's right, Tom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, off the rails. Android, off the rails. Off Android the rails. users. <laughs> 
Last four years, Android users have just been watching as Apple reintroduces things that Android has already done. And Apple's like, we invented it. It's like, you didn't invent the camera phone. Like, calm right. down. Right. But whatever. Uh, that's my point. I'm leaving it on that. That's all. Yeah, that's uh, great. I'm, iMessage is not a superior function. It's just an exclusivity. Yeah. No. <laughs> then that's it, guys. Thank you. It's a banana-eating, milk-drinking horror monster. Monkey can. That's not scary. That's stupid. I came to this sleepover to be scared, and I'm not. I'm just hungry. Sometimes late at night, uh, you can hear the whistle wail. With a squeaky, screechy sound, like a wheel gone off the rail. And up in the smoky clouds, you can almost recognize the ghost of a crazy engineer with foul silver eyes. I said, Can't you hear the haunted train?